Mom Who Knows Nada. My name is Brianna, and this is the Mama Knows Nada podcast. We have a fertility expert today, and I'm super stoked to talk to him. This is Dr. Mark Sklar. He is the fertility expert. He's going to share some incredible insights about how we can take control of our fertility. So, Dr. Mark, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I think this is going to be a fun conversation. Oh, yeah. So let's get right into it. What inspired you to focus on fertility issues? Oh, th- so that's a fun story. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, um, I, I, di- I didn't really like I always had a fascination and interest with uh, mm-hmm. hormones and women's health, but it wasn't something that I thought I would actually take up as a career. And then when I was um, in my last year of training and I was uh, seeing patients in the clinic. Um, really, the, it's not like you're doing marketing or anything like that in, in mm-hmm. the clinic, but the inherently what would come through the door and, and the patient population that would see me was pretty much 90% women's health, fertility, hormones, mm-hmm. and all of that. So it kind of pushed me in this direction somewhat naturally, but the real kind of push that uh that flipped the switch for me was the first um first patient that i ever helped she had pcos and Mm -hmm. she um and within you know to keep a a relatively longer story short within about four and a half months she was pregnant but when she came in to tell me she was pregnant she didn't know she was pregnant she's like my cycles are off again and i don't know why and i haven't gotten my period again and i don't know why and i'm looking at her and i'm thinking about things and where she was and i said how about you just go to the bathroom and take a pregnancy test <laughs> and she she came back and she and it was positive um and you know just the the surprise and joy on her face to me was amazing um mm-hmm. But, um, but I always say for how impactful I was in her life, um, Mm -hmm. uh, I helped her with her, with her next as well. Um, like she was far more impactful in my life than I was Mm -hmm. in in my opinion, because without that actually happening, you know, I don't know what would have happened. I mean, that, 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 that feeling that I got inside when, when she was able to get pregnant and when she sent me you know pictures and i got to meet her you know her baby faith um it was just you know really life for me so that's really what pushed me in this direction yeah i love that i as somebody who was diagnosed with pcos and then had a kid without any other interventions i think that story speaks volumes well for me because i lived it too And, and also, and I'll probably comment here and there on some of the things that I did, like just by complete and sheer ignorance and then discovered, oh, I'm pregnant and I had no idea. So I think that's really, that's really just a fascinating like launch in for you. So what do we misunderstand about our fertility? Like what can influence our hormones that we're just not paying attention to? Well, I think that is a really good answer. Um, you know, in brief, I could say it's, I, I think everything, you know, yeah. um, and, and I, I don't say that to be, you know, funny or rude in any way, but the reality mm-hmm. is, is everything we do impacts our health period. And so, um, and in turn, our health is going to impact our hormones, our hormones is going to impact our health. And so 
we need to understand that. Now, it doesn't mean that when we, when I say this, it doesn't mean that we all have to be angels and perfect. There's no such thing really, right? But, <clears throat> but it's really about mm -hmm. us taking, I think, a little bit more ownership um, in our ability to impact our health and our hormones and our fertility, both positively and negatively. Because all too often what I see in this journey is that we either don't take our own personal responsibility for it, or we give mm. up that personal responsibility and work up to somebody else to kind of fix us, right? Uh, they're gonna give yeah. you a pill, they're gonna do this, they're gonna do that, mm -hmm. and that's what's going to fix what I've got going on. And um, and that's not, you know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of that piece. I'm not saying that we don't need guidance, but, mm -hmm. um, but we still have to feel in control. We still have mm. to feel like, we can make decisions and we have the power to make those decisions and our decisions are going to impact um, our fertility and our health, you know, in, in every facet. And I, I think that's really uh, something that, that we all need to take home. Um, and, and I say this about, I could really say that about any health condition, right? It's not right. to fertility totally. or hormones, but the reality is, is all of the things we do on a daily basis, absolutely uh, impact our hormones and, and all those choices we make. And so if we can just take a little bit more ownership in that and recognize that, oh, I can change so much, I can influence so much. Um, and I hear that story all the time that, you know, mm -hmm. I, I forgot, or I didn't realize that if I just did these things or that, that I could make, you know, that much of a difference. I didn't think it was going to be that impactful. Um, and, and it is, and, and sometimes it's as easy as like, I just need better quality sleep or, mm. um, I need to make, I need to be consistent in my better choices with food. Um, mm -hmm. you know, whatever it might be for all of us, it might be one specific thing. And, and for some of us, it might be, you know, a combination of things that we need to change, but it's got to start someplace. So, you know, mm -hmm. we pick one thing, we make some choices there and then, um, and then we kind of grow and evolve and, and progress from there. But if there's one thing I would encourage everyone to do is to steer away from the things that you do well. So like, if you know that you're, you've got the diet piece dialed in and you cook really well mm -hmm. and you've got all your own food and you've got your garden or whatever, you know, means to you, then don't, you know, that shouldn't be the brunt of our focus, but that tends to be where we focus because it's easy. We're comfortable with it. It's, it's in our mm -hmm. box of, of comfort and we've got a routine for it. Totally. So I would say like, look at the areas that, that need improvement that you're not really spending time on. And that could need a little bit more attention and kind of focus that, that energy there. That is really good insight. And just to kind of piggyback on that for a second, like once I started eating cleaner, like I worked at tree food kitchen and I've talked about this a couple of times in podcasts. Um, I worked at a place called True Food Kitchen, which is, you know. I love True Food Kitchen. It's the best, right? Ate there last week. Oh, it's the best. Uh, I miss it, actually. I'm always, like, seeking it out, but it's, like, 45 minutes from my house now. Anyway, that's that's a me problem. Uh, but the food there is actually very clean, and it's an anti-inflammatory diet that's inspired by Dr. Andrew Weil. And just, you know, just it's just better 
food. So I, uh, I don't work there anymore, but I will always advocate for them. Um, and I was the healthiest I'd ever been in my body. It wasn't, I didn't weigh the least. Uh, I wasn't as muscularly toned, but I just felt good in my body. And that's when I got pregnant. I was told I couldn't have kids. I was going to have fertility issues. I would have to have interventions, blah, 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 blah. I started seeing an acupuncturist when I was 26, um, just to kind of naturally alleviate it. And then lo and behold, five years, six years later, I'm knocked out. <laughs> That's my story. So, and you know, all these things like you, this, that, the other thing. And then I, so I just remember looking at my now husband and saying, I either have something that's wrong with my brain or I'm pregnant because my, my body was just like rejecting alcohol. I had chronic migraines and I was like, something's wrong with my head or I'm, or we're having a kid. And I was, I was shocked when it was having a kid. So there we go, people. There we go. Um, so I'm sure a lot of your clients come to you uh, with issues like PCOS, as you've mentioned, what other issues, um, are linked to infertility or can influence our infertility? Um, so many, I mean, the, the big ones um, that we've, I think most people I would assume have heard of. So, you know, PCOS, polycystic mm -hmm. ovarian syndrome, um, endometriosis, fibroids, um, you know, male factor. So all the sperm yes. related um, conditions. So low sperm count or concentration, uh, poor motility, poor morphology, those uh, parameters are um, are big ones that don't get a lot of attention and time. So mm. I like to mention them. Um, you know, I think the, the biggest thing, and then all, all sorts of hormone related uh, conditions, thyroid's a big one. Um, mm. uh, stress is a big one that you know, I wouldn't classify as a hormone, but it absolutely impacts your hormones. Um, so stress is a big one. Um, but I think one of the bigger things that I see, and maybe it's just with the population that I tend to work with or whatnot, is a lot of this um, either self-diagnosed or um, or given by their uh, endocrinologist is know, low ovarian reserve or diminished ovarian mm. reserve or poor egg quality, these diagnoses of, you know, basically my ovaries aren't working and you need to do IVF. That, th that's how I term mm. those, those, um, <laughs> those are the diagnoses that say, oh, you've got this, you need to do IVF. Um, and, right. and, um, but I'm not a I'm not a huge believer. I should actually put into that also unexplained because people do um, kind of latch on to that as a diagnosis, but it's not really a diagnosis because it's unexplained. Right. Um, those are uh, are the big ones. Um, my least favorite ones are the ones that I mentioned at the end. <laughs> reserve, poor egg quality. Yeah, explained. I'm not a big fan of those because I think. One, it gets us thinking really negatively about ourselves and our abilities. Um, and mm. two, I think they're overused um, and often uh, misused. So, you know, those are not my favorite for, for those reasons. Yeah. I, I can I can get behind that too. I had um, a podcast guest tell me with her first, her doctor said her placenta was getting too old. So she had to be induced. 
and she was younger and first kid and and then i was like what does that even mean like (laughs) anyway that's uh, so it's just like you hear this stuff as women and you're like oh you can't you can't you can't but it's like well maybe i actually could i also like how you touched in there with like male issues because sometimes it isn't what's wrong with a woman's body you know like sometimes it is our partner and that's okay like that you know i think we assume so much of that burden in reproduction uh that we forget that there's two parties involved you know? 40 to 50 percent of all fertility issues are male factor um mm. and, and you know i'm not saying that there's not sometimes double you know uh, an issue right. on the female side and an issue on the male side because there can, absolutely can be but we mm-hmm. forget and ignore because of that very reason any treatment tends to be pretty much focused on the female. And mm-hmm. for that reason, the male kind of gets pushed to the side in terms of a real issue that needs to be addressed. I have seen that change recently, but um, we could see a little bit more of it. Uh, yeah, right. I, I just like that you covered it. I think it's so important. Now, we are put on birth control as women. Oftentimes in our teens, uh, as soon as we get our period or start menstruating, all that fun stuff. So how does birth control impact our fertility? Yeah, I, I well, I, for me, it's, it's multifaceted. Um, mm-hmm. You know, certainly there, there's probably a time I probably feel like it's probably less needed than most, but there's probably a time where someone does really need birth control in certain circumstances. Mm. Um, as a me, as a bridge, I would say to get the proper support and care that they need, but it's often used as treatment. And in my mind, Mm -hmm. it's not treatment. Like, so for a woman who has PCOS, who's not uh, uh, menstruating regularly, um, or is having any other issues with that, a woman who has a lot of severe menstrual pain, you know, they might, put you on the pill as a treatment to address those issues. It's not a treatment. It's a band-aid to cover it up until you get mm-hmm. to a point in time when you're ready to have children. And then they say, oh, you can come off of it. Well, I mean, how about we address it if we know that there's something that needs to be done? So imagine that <laughs> to your doctor and you say, well, there's an, I'm having issues. Oh, you have PCOS or you have endometriosis or whatever it is. And they're like, okay, well, this means that you have inflammation and you have, um, you're not ovulating properly. And so we've got to regulate your hormones. And how about they focus on actually doing that versus giving birth control? So I think birth control is overused and misused quite a bit Mm -hmm. in that regard. Um, Because of that, I do find that there's, um, when you, if someone has to go through fertility treatments at a fertility clinic and it is routine and normal to use birth control in those circumstances for various reasons, that they mm-hmm. are, um, they're not, they're less apt to want to do it, which I understand because they have, you know, previous experience with it that wasn't great. Um, mm-hmm. But in those circumstances, it's a bit different because those should be really short term uses. Um, you know, to get you to a point uh, where you're you're ready to move forward with your IVF cycle or whatever it might be. Um, and what I'm discussing here is different, where they're going to put mm-hmm. you on birth control and you're going to be on it for years as a means to 
you know, treat right. or address your hormonal condition. And, and I'm not a fan of that at all. Um, right. <clears throat> I think that that causes all problems. Now, what I will say is one of the things or one of the benefits I do see, and I've seen that recently for whatever reason, it's come up recently. Um, you know, I have a, I think she's 41 and um, I just checked her, her labs and she had stopped. I think she's been off of birth control for now a couple of years, but she was on it for many, many years prior. And she was concerned that that was going to negatively impact her fertility. And in her case, what it did was because she was put on it because she was sexually active. It was different uh -huh. than um, than treating some sort of uh, hormonal condition. And when she when we tested her hormones, her hormones looked beautiful and she had tons of eggs, not just for a 41 year old, but, you know, for a 31 year old, her numbers look mm -hmm. beautiful. And I do think some aspect of that was because she was on birth control for so long that she was, you know, holding on and preserving some of those eggs that would have otherwise been used repeatedly cycle after cycle. So, um, you know, mm -hmm. there can, I, I don't want to say that as like, like, oh, if I want to preserve my eggs, I'm just going to go on the pill. That doesn't, happen, <laughs> that doesn't happen for everyone. And I still don't think it's a wise choice to use it in that fashion. But in her case, that was like a little... A little benefit. My preference, if there's an issue, is that we address it. Like if you know yes. that there's a concern um, in whatever condition that is, is let's get to the bottom of it. Let's mm -hmm. like, address it. Start making the proper lifestyle choices, especially if we're we're young, we're we're teenagers. Which it's hard to make those changes when we're teenagers. But you know, <laughs> if you're a teenager and you you have so much opportunity at that point in time to make these wonderful changes that could impact your your health and your fertility in the future. Um, I'd love to see some more of that happen in real life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just like a little bit more intentional, a little bit more purposeful, a little bit less like here, go on a pill and fix it. Like I know two people who got pregnant on birth control, first of all. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. I have blood clots from birth control. Like, well, yeah, there's side effects from birth. Yeah. From birth um, control. so something that's supposed to protect, I mean, every, you know, it's always that 1% chance, but I, I do think that getting to the root cause of something, cause it's not going to go away. Whatever the issue is, isn't going to go away by taking a pill. And again, birth control does have its place and time, but I love that you're saying like, let's get to the root cause and let's try to figure something out. I think that's so important that, you know, for women and men to understand that there's probably something else going on that we could kind of take care of. Yeah. And if you have, like, let's say you, you need it as a bridge, mm -hmm. take it for a short period of time while you find the right person to support you, to address the root issues and figure things out. That's a different story because your long-term objective is to come off of it and really address mm -hmm. it. But yeah, but it shouldn't be the main treatment. So if there was like one piece of advice you could give anybody to help them take control of their fertility or their hormones, right? What would that be? If I had to pick one thing, I would say get testing done. Mm. Get proper testing done. I, I don't, I don't think there's an answer to it because I think with the proper testing, you need the proper guidance. Right. So that would come with it is that you need the right person to be able to interpret those labs or even order mm -hmm. the right labs for you to then create the right plan for you to move forward. So, you know, I think it's multiple, but, um, mm -hmm. 
and I hear all the time, oh, I've had, I've had all the testing done. I've had my hormones tested and, and I can't, like, I can't stress enough. I repeat this all the time. There is such a small percentage of those of you who are listening, who've had all the testing done or the right testing done. It's, it's, it's unbelievable, you know, how true that really is. And for each one of, I think part of that is also that each one of us, the proper testing is going to mm. be a bit different. Totally. You know, Absolutely. Yeah. Like, like it's one thing if someone said I had all the hormone testing done and even in those cases, I don't find that that's accurate, but, uh, that aside, you know, that's one piece, but you might need other testing, maybe because mm. of the, this and your history, you actually need more, um, stool testing or digestive tests mm. to be assessed to be able to understand how that's impacting your hormones or, um, Maybe there's a different way to interpret your, or to test your your um, your your hormones. I do I do a couple totally. of tests for your hormones as well, like saliva or urine versus just blood. Mm. Um, and so it's not, you know, I think if we're looking at it with a limited um, lens, then we might take that that stance that like, no, I've had everything done. But in general, I don't find it's true. And, and a lot of that doesn't even have to be lab tests. It could be imaging or other investigation to look at the uterus. And I mean, there's so many variables at play um, that I really don't find that most of us had, have had the right testing done, which is why I started with that, because I think it's essential for getting real answers for how we need to move forward. I mean, I think that's a great answer, because if you don't get to the root cause, we were just talking about how can you have the right plan in place? And how can you find the right people to support your journey? And how do you know who the right people are if you don't know what the problem is? Like, yeah. exactly. You know, I think that's great. Like, that was not the answer I was expecting. So I'm, <laughs> I'm pleasantly surprised. <laughs> so when should we actually seek a professional uh, or support, you know, from someone like yourself? Like, what, where's that cusp of when you've done everything, or maybe you haven't done enough, maybe you think you've done everything, like you just said, but you need that guidance. So what is that? What do you recommend for someone to seek out professional counsel? Yeah, you know, I, I think I, I love. <laughs> um, so the short answer is the sooner the better, right? Mm -hmm. um, I'd rather somebody uh, seek out support and then we look at things and assess and, and, and say, I love the fact that you were proactive. You're gonna be fine. There's a couple of things that we need to address. Let's mm -hmm. just support you with that. Um, so I'd rather it be sooner rather than later. The longer it takes, um, the more confused you're probably gonna be, uh, mm. the longer it's probably gonna take to get um, the results that you're looking for. So I think the shorter answer is the sooner the better. But with that being said, um, I always encourage women to listen to their intuition, you know, listen to mm. your gut. If you, if, you know, and, and some of us can't listen to it because it's clouded. There's so much information coming at us and yes. we're thinking about so many things. So take a walk on the beach or take a walk, you know, in the woods and just be with your thoughts and just be with yourself and see what it says, right? Like, do you really need help? Do you think it would help you in some in in, in some way, um, you know? But I, I think our intuition is the most important. So if your intuition is telling you and your gut is telling mm -hmm. you, 
yes, I need to get some help. I need a little bit more guidance. I'm confused. Then don't ignore it. Don't push it away. Listen to it. The other part is if you already know, you know, um, we keep coming back to PCOS as an example, but I think it's a good example is because often women will either find out or be put on the pill when they're teenagers Mm -hmm. because of PCOS. And so if you if you've had some sort of hormonal or reproductive issue when you were a teenager, start to get help as soon as you can because that's only going to help you in the future. Um, so if you already know, oh, I was put on the pill because of X, Y, and Z, um, and it wasn't specifically because you were sexually active and you were trying to prevent that uh, prevent a pregnancy, then I mm-hmm. would say go get support sooner rather than later, um, and and then you know. For me, it's also then finding the right support for yourself. Um, mm. And so most of us are going to start with our OBGYN. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would say, okay, that's fine. But they are not the end-all be-all. And the, um, they do not need to determine your path forward. Now, if you mm-hmm. find an OBGYN that you trust, who is listening to you and open to supporting you, then... Mm all the power to you and them and that relationship, that's great. Um, I will just say it's probably not going to end there, right? Like that <laughs> might be where it starts, but if, but I would encourage you, even if they say everything's fine, or we've done all the testing, I would encourage you to get a second opinion. And what I'd say there is to say, get a second opinion from someone who's not an OBGYN. And why do I say <laughs> that? Right? Because, I like to use this example, this analogy. If if we're standing on Earth looking at the moon, we could see the man on the moon. Mm-hmm. If we were on some other planet on the back side of the moon, mm. there would be no man on the moon. Let's just say. Mm. Let's just say they can't see it at the same time that we can see it. Okay. And if you were to have a conversation with them, it's like, I see a face. I'm telling you, there's a face right here on the moon. I'm like, no, 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 there's no face. I don't see a face. There's nothing there. It's all about perspective, okay? And life is very much about perspective. And so you need a different perspective, I think, to check the boxes and be able to tell you that, yes, what they said was accurate, or I think things might be a little bit different, um, and here's why. And if that Mm -hmm. resonates with you, great, and if not, but if we keep getting the same uh, feedback and same information, um, from basically the same type of medicine, we're always going to hear roughly the same thing. So mm-hmm. they're all trained in the same fashion. So then you can make a decision about how you want to proceed. What's the best path that you think is appropriate for you, but at least you've gotten at least a second or a third opinion and they have differing perspectives, different modes of, uh, of assessment and of looking at things. And most often your OBGYN is going to be limited in terms of uh, both in what they're allowed to order and their knowledge of ordering. Mm. Um, they're going to be limited on tests that they can order for you versus uh, a functional medicine provider who has a much broader breadth of labs available and understanding on how to use them and order them. So mm. that's, that's good on a lot of levels. Uh, I talk a lot about how my husband thinks I am crazy because I don't trust a doctor's word as gospel. Uh, I was like, they told me I couldn't have kids. They gave me birth control and it killed me. Like, what? <laughs> you, I'm the crazy one here. Uh, but I, and I, because what you said about perspective, it's so true. I, 
say this time and time again, a doctor is only as good as their experiences. If they haven't experienced your scenario, they're not going to know what to do for it. That's why you have, you know, brain surgeons and whatnot, because they've been there, they've done that, they've tested, you know. So I think that is just invaluable insight to say, seek out a second opinion. And because we don't know what our doctors have done, you know? And another thing is your doctors work for you, whatever the field is, whether it's functional, whether, if, you know, that's like a personal trainer, 100%, you know? 100%. So yeah. if you're on a journey, as my dad always says, figure out where you're going before you figure out who you're taking with you. Same kind of thing. If you're in a journey and it's a fertility journey or you want to have a child or whatever it is, and your doctor's just sitting here, you know, saying one thing, and you're not, that's not vibing with you, then maybe it's time to look elsewhere. So that's I love that. good stuff. <laughs> I agree with all of that, with all of that. And yeah. the, the, the addition to that is right now, the, the way Western medicine is set up is we're mm -hmm. all specialists in, in, in our specific niche. So what that yes. means is we have our blinders on and we can't uh -huh. look to our left and right. We can't look at the other systems. And so then they 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 don't even think the other systems can really impact your hormones and fertility, and so now you're compartmentalized into your uterus mm -hmm. and ovaries and nothing more. Right, and that's not how your body works. Your body doesn't work exactly. in that way. It doesn't have walls and barriers. You know, it's Amen all communicating that. constantly. So you need someone who's going to take a step back and have a, a broader perspective and understanding with the lens of fertility or um, mm -hmm. reproductive health. No, that is that is an excellent statement to make because we forget how our body is connected. And I literally just wrote a blog about this not that long ago about, you know, connected health. And I just focus on a couple different aspects of it, but you know, we try to isolate yeah, and then, but our body's not isolated, you know, everything works in tandem. So if something's off here, something's overcompensating there, like I'm a big tennis player. So uh, I also have like a, my fir a first rib gone, do the whole blood clot thing. Okay. So my right side overcompensates for my left side every time I'm playing because I don't have certain things attached that other people do. Right. right. So even though it's my right arm, that's my, my left arm, that's the missing rib, it's my right arm that still needs work too, because this is overcompensating for that. Yeah. And we forget that, you know, just because we have a problem, you know, with our ovaries, doesn't mean that there couldn't be something with our gut or, you know, our vagus nerve or our mental health or, you know, but we're breathing in our environment all the time. Like when's the last time you had your air ducts cleaned? Like what, right. what, um, foods are you putting in your bodies? What chemicals are you using in your house every day? It's like, it's not as much as we want to have experts and specialists in certain areas that are, they are essential and we need them. Sometimes you need to like set, step back and look at the Monet as one whole picture to really get a sense of what's going on. <laughs> you know? Otherwise it's just chaos. Absolutely. Chaos in there. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you said it beautifully. I, I couldn't agree more. I think that's a, such a, a valuable piece of information for those listeners to take. Oh, I'm just piggybacking off of, <laughs> off of you. So we're good. So what makes your approach um, different and, you know, pretty successful. You've had a lot of success with helping people on their fertility journeys. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's exactly what we've been talking about. You know, for me, it's about really my goal 
is to get to the root issue. And, um, and so often it has very little to do with hormones or the uterus or the ovaries. Um, you know, I have, mm. uh, um, I, I put out videos on a regular basis on YouTube and, and this week's video is actually a perfect example of that. The one that's coming out, um, tomorrow is, is a woman who, um, she'd been trying for seven years and mm. done repeated IVF cycles, um, went to visit all sorts of doctors for all sorts of issues. And everyone was like, I don't see anything. I don't find anything. You're fine. I don't know why it's not working. And all I did with her before she got pregnant was I put her on a detox. I'm not saying it's like a little, you know, it's a small thing, but we put her on a detox and then I cleaned up her, um, her overgrowth of candida and I supported her digestive system. Mm -hmm. And, and this, this doesn't happen all the time, but in three months or three and a half months, she was pregnant. And, and I did, I did not do one thing to, you know, support egg quality or restore ovarian function or mm -hmm. support her uterine environment. You know, I even think I took her off of her prenatal, you know, <laughs> like, like, so it's just an example of what's possible when we actually address what's really there in front of us, which is why mm -hmm. I was using that example earlier about the blinders, because those blinders make you not able to see the digestive system issues. And so she had issues and she went to her, um, you know, gastroenterologist and her gastroenterologist didn't find anything, but he's not talking to the reproductive mm -hmm. endocrinologist. And so, right. you know, there's, there's very little comprehensive look. So really my goal and my approach is to take a step back not get hyper-focused on the fertility piece in and of itself and really do an assessment for them as an individual. And then from there, create a plan. Now, sometimes it requires more testing, um, mm. whether it's a stool test or more advanced um, hormone testing or whatever it might be. Um, environmental toxins, you mentioned something about the air before, you know, like, yeah. so those things. So we want to look at what's getting in the way. And we make those decisions based on somebody's history first and foremost. And then if none of that has panned out and we don't find anything there, then we kind of start to broaden our search. But really for me, it's about getting to the root issue and treating each individual as a unique entity. So what they need is different than what somebody else need. And we could take 10 PCOS women in a room and they're mm -hmm. all going to have or should have probably a slightly different, if not dramatically different plan or approach based on their history, their hormones, uh, their other systems and how they present. Um, mm. and so that's really what my goal is, is to, is to create a unique plan for each person who is working with us to address them as an individual. I love that you said that because healthcare should be individualized, yeah. you know, and the fact that you can have all these generalities of what's normal. It's like, well, there's what is not, that's bogus information that there's a normality in, 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 in any aspect of life. Let's be yeah. here. Common, common and different yes. than normal. Yeah. Different than normal. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, there's this whole bell curve. We should all be on. You can't have kids after 40, but you know, your best friend did and you should to be able to lose weight and, da, 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 and then you're just like, but everybody's different. So how can we have a healthcare system that is 
telling us that we need to be on this version of the bell curve when right. none of us are anywhere near that because we're just individuals. So thanks. I like that you touched on that because that's that's a really important part of health and wellness. <laughs> yeah, absolutely it is. Like, And that bell curve example you gave, I see it all the time mm -hmm. uh, in pregnancy. Imagine. I can imagine that right? you see all kinds got, of they things. Get this, they get this, oh, my, they said my, my baby's too big or my baby's too small. Yeah. Well, it's a bell curve for a reason. You know, everyone's right. not going to be at the top. You've got to fill the curve. <laughs> not, a big right? deal. It's not a big deal. And and how tall or small are you? It's fine. Right? Right. Exactly. So. That's a really good point. I was a big baby. So <laughs> well, pretty big. So I just thought about that and compared to my son. Sorry, train wreck. It's like okay. squirrel, butterfly. <laughs> 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 um, how can empowering women to trust their bodies positively impact their fertility? It's a beautiful question. Um, look, I think inherently um, we need to trust ourselves in general um, and believe in ourselves that we have the ability to do the things that we were created to do. Um, Amen. Right? I mean, sometimes things get in the way. Uh, sometimes it's us. Sometimes it's other things. And if we can kind of filter through that and get past some of these things, then... Mm -hmm. um, then your body knows what it needs to do. It was created to do these things. It's not like it needs to be taught it. Um, we just need to get out of the way and support it in the right fashion. And so that that empowerment piece is really important because it's. I think it's taken away when we're told you can't, you won't, you need donor or whatever it is that they that they tell you. Those thoughts go into our head, and it starts to chip away at our belief in ourselves and our abilities and takes away our empowerment to do things and accomplish things. Mm. We can mm -hmm. accomplish whatever we want in life if we believe in ourselves and put in, you know, the, the time and work. I'm not saying that we all have to like work hard at our fertility, but I'm, I'm talking broadly about anything yeah. we're trying to accomplish in life. And so, um, but sometimes we need guidance. Um, and, and, and often we need guidance. I don't think we look at um, we l often look at it as guidance. Like sometimes our mentors and teachers are our best friends or our parents or our siblings. Sometimes we're mm -hmm. actually purposely seeking out a coach to be our mentor, to guide us through things. Um, yeah. and when I look back at the things that I've always accomplished, I've always had someone supporting me. There's always been someone I could lean on for something. If I had questions, uh, whatever it might be. And, and I don't think fertility is any different. Like it's hard to treat ourselves and support ourselves. It's hard to see through the chaos. And so mm -hmm. having a coach or uh, a physician or a guide who's able to kind of help you filter through those things and guide you through that process is very empowering if you have the right person, because that person should be empowering you to make better decisions mm -hmm. and to be able to, you know, understand how to move forward. So um, just because you're seeking out help doesn't mean you can't still also be empowered um, moving through that process. Um, yeah, I, I think so much of it is about empowerment um, and believing in ourselves and, and restoring that. Well, yeah. And I think there's always like a sense of shame sometimes if you yeah. are asking for help in any capacity, you know, like, Personally, I've struggled with that my whole life. I just thought if like, I was asking for help, it meant like I was 
you know, incompetent or unable or, you know, not good enough kind of thing. Yeah. There's, a, there's lots of, that's a different topic for a different day. But like, so I think sometimes when we, when our body might be struggling to do what it should be able to do naturally, admitting that can be like the first step, you know what I mean? Like just having that ability to be like, okay, this is not working the way I want it to doesn't mean there's anything wrong with me. I just need to figure out what to do to get where I want to go and re kind of like reframing it in our brain that it doesn't make us less than or incapable. We just might have to go about it a different way. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, I tell my kids all the time, like, <clears throat> you're not going to be great at everything. So, <laughs> you know, it's okay. We have to find our strengths and understand, mm -hmm. and see our weaknesses how do we overcome them? Like, what do we need? What sort of support do we need to move past that? That often means we need to ask for help. Yeah, no, that's, that's, I think that's, that's a beautiful statement. Just ask for help. What about words of wisdom for people who have lived, who come to you saying they've tried it all, they're struggling to get pregnant, or they've been told they can't, um, what guidance do you give them before going to IVF? Or do you just say, oh, you've done everything. Maybe you should try IVF. How do you help them make that decision? Yeah. Well, for, you know, different situations and, and scenarios require, you know, I think different paths forward. So I'm not opposed mm. to IVF. I just think that, you know, roughly 80% of the population moves there unnecessarily and mm. they haven't tried other things or given themselves a chance prior to. Now, we all have different paths in life and we all have different um, different markers or different things that are important to us. Like some of us want X mm. amount of kids by X age or year, right? So that Definitely. will sometimes propel us to make certain choices um, and move forward with IVF, you know, even if we've tried other things because, hey, you know, I said I was going <laughs> to by the time I was 40. That means I need to be here, right? And, and so that guides people's decisions. Um, I, I really want to be a sounding board for mm. couples and be able to give them perspective and understanding for things they don't have perspective and understanding for so that they can make the best and most informed decision for themselves. I'm not here to tell you you should or you shouldn't do IVF or you should or you shouldn't try naturally. Um, I will give you my opinion based mm -hmm. on history. I will also tell you what I think is realistic in whatever time frame. And then, you know, we all have to make those decisions. I think that time factor is a big um, elephant in the room that causes us to make certain decisions before we want wow. to. And, <clears throat> you know, whether whether we don't want to have children over 40 or whether we don't have want to have children over whatever age we say to ourselves or whatever amount of kids we want to have, um, that's not my family planning, that's theirs. And so mm. I just want to give them an understanding for what's possible, what's realistic, what makes sense. Mm -hmm. And and if they want to go through IVF, that's fine. I just want it to be successful for them in as short of a period of time. And so that still might require us to do some investigation and understand what's going on. And still, it still might require you to give yourself some time to support yourself to get those results. So it's, it's really a matter of trying to meet them where they're at and then giving them information. I, I have the 
the fortunate experience to have gone through IVF cycles with so many couples, mm. understanding their experiences, understanding what worked for them and not, and someone who's just kind of starting to look at fertility treatment really doesn't know what they don't know. So mm. <clears throat> I want to be able to give them that information and, and allow them to ponder um, what makes sense for them as a couple. But often my feedback to them is I want you guys to pick, to draw a line in the sand and I want you to um, create a timeline for where that line is going to be. You know, we're, <clears throat> we're in um, August right now, um, closely mm -hmm. approaching September. So around this time of year, what I say to couples is, look, we've got roughly four months until we hit the holidays and hit a new year. Okay. So what I want you to do is, or, or what I think would be a realistic timeline to give yourself and a place to draw the line in the sand is to say, well, come January 1 or January 2, let's the two of us sit down, not me, I mean the two of them, <laughs> sit down and have a conversation. Um, where are we now? What have we accomplished? And we said that when we got to this point in time that we were going to move forward with IVF or we were going to move forward with whatever. Do we still want to do that? And if that still makes sense, great. Where do we go from here, right? Mm. But for me, that line of the sand allows them not to ask those questions every week or every month or every cycle because that becomes stressful for the relationship. There's mm -hmm. lots of variables that are difficult with that conversation repeatedly over and over. Um, mm -hmm. And so I just think drawing that line in the sand, it's like, hey, we're just going to give it these four months and do whatever it is that we're going to do during that time. But then when we get to that line in the sand, we can reevaluate. We're happy with the path we're on or we're not. And now we move forward with a different path. And so at least you're not having to ask yourself that question, you know, on a daily, weekly or monthly basis. Yeah, that would be exhausting, I think. It is. Honestly. It is. <laughs> I haven't had to ask it, but I could imagine for other people it is just like debilitating to a certain degree. Uh, where can people find you if they want to learn more about what services you offer? Uh, the best resource I like to recommend is my YouTube channel, um, just for you know free mm -hmm. resources, free information. It's called Fertility TV. And usually I put out a new video every week, but sometimes I don't. It's hard, <laughs> it's hard <usually>. sometimes. <laughs> um, um, but so that's a great just natural resource for people to refer back mm -hmm. hundreds and hundreds of videos there. Um, if not, you can just find me on Facebook, on Instagram, uh, a little bit on TikTok, um, <laughs> and um, on my website, MarkScar.com. Do you offer virtual consultations for people outside of California? Oh, yeah. So we have a coaching program that we oh, cool. um, work with couples in throughout the entire world. We have couples all over the world that um, awesome. that join that program and um, you know get our uh, our support and our coaching. We uh, daily, weekly, like before I got on with you, I was on our private group and I was answering questions for everybody. So yeah, it's on a regular basis. That's awesome. Yeah. There's so many avenues to get in touch with you. <laughs> <laughs> I do my best I to it. respond to most of them, but sometimes it's hard. 
It's hard, especially yeah. creating all that content. And I will say, I have checked out your YouTube and your Instagram, and there's great videos on there for all different kinds of things. So people should definitely look into that. Is there anything else we didn't know we needed to know about our fertility? There's so <laughs> loaded question. Um, I, I I want I want all the listeners to um, to take out from this is believe in yourself um, mm. and and start to believe that you can do it and start to restore that belief and empowerment in yourself to accomplish what you want to accomplish because I think that's so important and really get the proper guidance and support. Mm -hmm. You don't have someone who's listening to you, who hears you, who's there to be supportive and work with you as a team, mm -hmm. then you need to find somebody else to work with. Amen. Yeah. Right? You got to have somebody cheering you on. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? Absolutely. That's just life. Yeah. If you're just well, a number I, in someone's clinic, it's not going to work. Oh, uh, I got to uh, see. I, there's so many tangents I could take in this conversation. <laughs> so I'm going to spare you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Dr. Mark Sklar, for hanging out with us and sharing your fertility expertise. I'm the mom who knows nada. My name is Brianna. Until next time, have fun learning all the things you didn't know you needed to know. 